A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Conversations with Olivia Jade, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations. I am really, really honored for today's guest. And she's honestly one of the most inspiring people that I know and I've worked with and met. And she's really gone through it the last uh, year and through the pandemic. And I want you guys to get to know her before everything and after everything and what she's up to now and what the future holds. So with that being said, please welcome Miss Amanda Clute. Hi. Long time no see. (laughs) How are you? Oh my God, Olivia, I was supposed to go to Jingle Ball. It would that would have been so fun. And then I didn't go because I've gone in New York before and it's so loud and so like I didn't stay for the entire thing, but I stayed for a few of my friends' performances and I was like, I was blown away. It was so exciting to watch people I know up there. It was yeah. Crazy. Oh my God. Who did you know? I was only going to go for Ed Sheeran. I was like, I love Ed. I love Ed Sheeran. Well, I stayed for him, but then I think I left after his performance because I was just so tired. But my yeah. friend Bozzy performed, which was really fun to see because I felt like the oh. crowd, they would, it would go in waves of it being like super amped up and then everybody's kind of mellow and he got the crowd going. So it was just really fun to see. Oh, cool. But I wish you were there because Jojo was there. Cheryl I, was there. You guys look so cute. I was like, oh. We would have had a full <laughs> reunion. Would have I been know. great. Um, we're a little family. A little family, truly. How have you been? 
Um, I've been all right. I mean, like I said to you, I mean, I'm, it's slowly getting better. The depression is slowly getting better from like us, you know, our intense lives going back to normal. Right. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been getting better. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I miss it a lot, actually. Like randomly, I, I didn't think I would. <laughs> I literally, I just asked Emma and Britt. I was like, okay, so I really want to like take ballroom lessons, like at least once a week. And I was like, I need advice on who to go to because I really want to do this. Like I, I feel like even just getting that once a week lesson will help me feel better, you know? For sure. Okay. I might tag along for a few of those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, please take me with you. Okay. So a lot of people, I obviously know you from the show Dancing with the Stars. If you guys don't know, Amanda and I did season 30 together and it was a blast, but I feel like I don't even really know this. And I know my audience probably is curious too. What was life like, not even just before the pandemic, but I guess like growing up in general and where you're from and just giving them a little background of who you are. Oh, sure. So I grew up in Ohio, Canton, Ohio, which if you're a football fan is home of the Football Hall of Fame. I mean, Olivia, like my family's the Brady Bunch. We are each other's best friends. We all look alike. We all sound alike. We are all, you know, we 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 danced. We played instruments. We were in the band. We were majorettes. Um, You know, we went to the ice cream parlor down the street. We walked to school. I mean, it's like that whole like Midwest Norman Walker kind of painting lifestyle. Um, you know, I mean, not to say that we like had this easy life or or anything like that. Um, but it just was like family first, God first. It was just like a, you know, very loving, um, home town kind of vibe my childhood. Totally. You know, so yeah, that was that was growing up. And then at 18, I decided that I wanted to move to New York to learn how to be on Broadway. And and so I went to a musical theater conservatory in New York at 18 and switched the switched the hometown girl up to city girl. When you were (laughs) when you were in Ohio, were you like dancing or acting or doing anything theatrical or were you just like in school and living a normal life? Well, I went to a performing arts middle school. So that's like how Mm. I became involved with like dance and choir and drama. And then in high school, I started doing ballet and I was in like a pre-professional ballet company. And so then that was like my life, but then also choir. So I like did a lot of singing in high school, musicals in high school. And then, but like after school, my life was, I went to dance at ballet, but like ballet, 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 ballet. And then you moved to New York at 18. And then how is the Rockettes whole situation? Is that like an audition <laughs> process? I don't know anything about it. Oh, yeah. It's the most intense. Um, yeah. So I moved to New York at 18 with two goals to become a Radio City Rocket and to work on Broadway. And Broadway came first at after school, which was a two year conservatory. I auditioned for the third time, the 42nd Street National Tour of the Broadway show that was happening at the time. And I finally booked it third time's a charm. And I went on a national tour. That was like my first job at 20 years old and um, toured the country for 10 months while I was touring, auditioned for the Radio City Rockets here uh, in New York City. And um, that was also third time's a charm for that audition and booked that job while I was on tour. So then left tour to become a Radio City Rocket. That audition, though, was literally... I think like probably at least 500 to 700 girls at that open call. They needed 12 girls. It was over two days, 10 to 6 p.m. the whole day. I mean, you are 
it is so intense. You know, it's all about perfection and, and, you know, looking the same. So everybody, you know, it's all, it, it's so uniform and precise yeah. and you really have to fit that mold. You know, you can't be yourself there. You have to, you have to be like everyone else. So it's, it's very insane. It sounds so intense. I remember when I was a kid, I would, anytime we'd be in the city in New York, um, my mom would take my sister and I to see the Rockettes around Christmas mm -hmm. time. And it was like my highlight. I was so excited. I was blown away by the way you guys can all also move your bodies and how everybody is that flexible and in sync. I remember yeah. being like nine years old and just like, how are they doing this? And then to watch <laughs> that carry over and then you really like take over ballroom, which I think is like a funny misconception that I've seen a lot when like you and Jojo and everybody was joining the show that had previous dance experience. People were like, this isn't fair. Like they've danced before. And it's like, oh my gosh, but if you knew what ballroom training was like, there's no way it's similar to being a Rockette. Like it has to be so different. Oh, the complete opposite. In fact, like everything like actually worked against me, you know, like Alan was constantly like soften and like get low and don't be so sharp and right. like learn how to dance with me. First of all, a rocket, you are dancing by yourself the whole time. Even when we're kicking in a kick line, you aren't allowed to touch the person next to you. So you are by yourself the whole time. You do not ever dance with someone. And then it's all about being up and being sharp and being tall. And right. then, you know, from dancing with a man, it's like, bend your knees, right. get low. And especially with Alan, cause I'm so tall and he's like my height. Like I had to get extra low. I mean, yeah. I felt like I was dancing <laughs> at that show. Like I felt literally like I was dancing in a squat, like <laughs> bent, like bent halfway over. And so funny, like you're dancing it and you feel like I must look like an idiot. And then you watch the video back and you're like, I don't even look like I'm low. And I literally feel like I'm dancing on the I floor. Know. You didn't look like it at all. It's You could not tell that you were really having to like focus on that and bend down because everything looked so flawless, but it is weird. It's just like a, a total change of pace. Um, yeah. How was having Alan as your partner? I obviously know you guys are great friends and everything like that, but tell the listeners what that experience was like. Yeah. You know, the minute I walked in that room, I mean, you know, I had no idea who I was going to get. I had requested somebody tall. I was like, just please give me a tall pro because I know I'm a tall lady. Um, so I walked in the room and saw Alan. I had watched, you know, many seasons and saw him last season, especially dance with sky. And I was so excited. We immediately hit it off. We just had that like really good bond and, you know, being able to like laugh and enjoy, you know, the process and feel so passionate about dancing and, and this competition especially because I'm such a huge dancing with the stars fanatic, even before doing the show. Now I'm even more of a fanatic. Right. Um, so I think he appreciated that I had come in being a fan already, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but then, you know, we just, yeah, we really worked well together. And I think, you know, throughout the process, you spend so much time with this person, you know, for me, it was, it was it was so nice because I had really missed having like somebody that I spend time with right. in my life. That isn't not that I don't love my son, right. but that isn't my son. That isn't like needing something from right. me all the time. It was so nice to be able to like 
go and spend time learning a new skill and also gaining this new friend at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hadn't realized, obviously spending so much time on Broadway and Rockettes, like that rehearsal space is so, um, I'm so used to that. It's like my comfort zone. Like I walk into a dance rehearsal and I'm like, oh, I remember what this feels like, you know, like I'm immediately you know, I'm grabbing your arm and, and, and hugging you and kissing you just because like, that's like, that just feels so natural to me. So it was so nice to like, go back to that so easily. And right. Alan made that so easily available too. And, and it just felt like I got to go back in time to like that time in my life where things were a little easier. And, right. and it just like was so it made me so happy every day to go to work. It really yeah. did. I think that's why I'm in depression now. <laughs> I know. Well, you also have had like a really crazy rough and traumatic and also just like completely like life changing. I feel like two years or, you know, it's been yeah. it's been wild. And I like I'm so I admire you so much because obviously getting to work with you and like see you every day, you have such like strength and grace for going through something so challenging. Do you think the show helped in like a healing process in a way? Or was this just more of like a fun distraction? Because I know some people get really deep with the show, you know what I mean? And like yes. really pull something out of them. <laughs> and you know what I think it is? Is I think it hits you in this show. Like you are just, you join and you're so happy and you're like, you've, you've watched the show and you see that transition in people and you're like, you go in, or at least I go in, I went in with it just being like, I have no expectations. I'm just here to have fun. I'm so happy to be here. And I want to learn how to ballroom dance. Yeah, That was like my number one goal. And then yes, there is, you're so right. There's this like weird turning point in the show where like, it gets really emotionally mm -hmm. difficult. You're so exhausted. You're physically exhausted and you realize it's a competition when like, you don't want it to, I, I never wanted this show to be a competition. I really just I wanted us to like all continue on Same. because it was so fun <laughs> to see everybody like grow each week. Like I literally so was so fun to cheer everybody on. So like it all hits you. And then when it does, and for me, I think that's what happened for me. There was like a moment of like, Oh God, like this is actually like really helping me kind of heal. And Alan is really helping me heal and oh God, and like this show. And like, yeah, it gets <laughs> like, really emotional. Yeah, yeah. I know. An emotional roller coaster. And so your answer to answer your question, yes, it really did. And it didn't that hit me after we did our contemporary dance um in the semifinals to Nick's song Live Your Life. Yeah. Because I, I woke up the next morning and I think the whole week of like a lot of tears and a lot of talking with Alan about it and then performing it. And, you know, on Sunday, the, you know, you, you rehearse it so much and then you perform it. And then by the final performance on Monday night, I think I was so emotionally exhausted and spent yeah. from, you know, the whole week, um, let alone just that day that I woke up on Tuesday and I was like, Oh my God, like, I feel like a new layer of like healing from mm. that week and the show. And, and so it was, it was a, a oddly healing thing for me that dance too like definitely everybody watching felt it and that was like such a that's so hard to do on a show like that because everybody's first of all you're watching so many different dances back to back and everybody has their own like spice or flair or something they're adding to it that's really special but like 
oh my gosh, the room after that dance, like everybody just felt the emotion and it was so special to watch. And Aww, I've told thanks. you in person, but I mean, it was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, thanks. Yeah. It was beautiful. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. 
I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am curious because I don't even think I've really talked to you too in depth about this. And I'm just wondering, like, what was life like pre-pandemic? And then what was that journey going going through what you did and how Nick got sick and what that whole process was and you documenting it on social media? What was that all like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's so crazy because my life pre-pandemic to now is like a literal, like 180 degree difference. So a 360 degree difference. Um, Nick and I just moved to LA. We had a brand new baby. Elvis was three months old. I was just starting to get back into work. Nick was unemployed. We moved here. Um, we were living in our good friend, Zach Braff's guest house, um, free of charge because we had no money. Um, Nick's show that he was supposed to do here kept getting postponed because of construction. And, um, so we literally like, we literally had nothing and I was just getting back into teaching fitness. And every time I had come here to teach fitness before my classes sold out and it was like, I was a huge hit in LA. And so moving here, I thought, okay, good. At least like we have that, like, right. Every time I've taught in LA, it's been a good success. So good one. We move here and nobody could care less that I was here. Nobody was showing up to class. I'm, I was lucky to have like one person in my class. I felt like such a failure. Um, nothing, nothing was working. I was in, I think postpartum depression because of it all. Um, Nick would leave the house to like go work on music and, I would just start sobbing and immediately call him and tell him he had to come home because I felt like I was having a panic attack, just being alone in the house. It was like, it was such a weird, um, a super weird time in our life yeah. uh, closer to like, and I'll say March. Cause I do feel like that's when like the pandemic kind of hit our like right. the United States. Yeah. Um, closer to March, things were like sort of getting better. My classes had a little bit more energy. Nick was finally doing his show we were sort of finding our pace in LA. I, we had bought a house that we were renovating. So I kind of felt like, okay, we're going to move out of Zach's. We have our own place. So uh, closer to March, uh, things felt like, okay, we're here. We made a decision. Things are kind of revving up from myself again. Elvis is getting a little bit older. I'm feeling better about being a mom and his, and he has this job that at least is like, paying the bills. Right. So it slowly started to get better. Then the pandemic hit and everything came to crash. We yeah. we went back to New York because we had to move out of our officially move out of that apartment that we still had there as kind of like our cushion. We moved out of New York, um, said goodbye to everything there and officially, you know, took everything here. And two days later we got back from New York and that's when Nick got sick. Um, yeah. And so 
you know, it, it just, it hit us like a ton of bricks, you know? And, and that first week that Nick was sick, he, he literally just was sleeping. He had no symptoms of COVID uh, that were on the news at the time. Even, even now, if somebody was just saying that they were tired, you wouldn't be like, Oh, Olivia, you have COVID for sure. You'd probably just be like, you're exhausted. So I, you know, we did not think that Nick was sick. And so, you know, I feel bad now because it was like the last week I had with Nick and, and he was just sleeping the whole time. And I was like, gosh, my lazy husband, like in my head, you know what I mean? As any, as any woman would do, like, come on, wake up. Like I'm tired too. I'd love to take a nap, you know? Um, but you know, in retrospect, what can you do? So yeah, I mean it, 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 and then it, yeah, then I took him to the hospital and then that all happened. And it was just like that storm, you know, um, to answer your last question, the reason why I started talking about it on social media was because, you know, I had a small social media presence, like 50,000 followers at the mm-hmm. time, but they were, you know, very loyal to me and my fitness company. And, you know, COVID was such a scare at, especially at that point right. in time, Nick was in the ICU and I hadn't talked about it at all yet I was going on air every, or on face on, sorry, on Instagram every day talking about fitness. And I just felt like I was living like a a lie, like Like a double life. Yeah. I can't have like my husband in the ICU and then every day get on, you know, and be like, okay, guys, everything's perfect. So I was just like, I got to come forward with this. Also, I think it's important to talk about the fact that like my husband was just tired and now he's laying in the ICU and no one's saying on the news that tired is a symptom. So that was kind of why I started talking about it. Yeah. Do you feel like I don't really know much about because I I don't think I even knew that when that was happening that you were like document or not documenting, but, you know, like sharing his journey and your journey with that. Did that did that like support or the prayers or anything like that, that you receive from people that followed you kind of lift your spirit during that time? Or was it just like, I'm just posting this in hopes to help somebody that might feel the same way. And that's that. Yeah. Well, it started off as that. It started off with, I kind of just want to bring awareness to something. And then, yeah, it literally was like an everyday flood of support. It turned into this, like this army and and it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And like, literally, I don't know how I would have gotten through it without all of it now, you know, I mean, it was such a daily support system of talk to this doctor, you know, go here, this idea, that idea. Um, you know, anytime I was questioning what the hospital was doing, I would get on Instagram and be like, what do you guys think? And like, people would send me their opinions and options. And, um, it was, it was honestly the the best thing I could have ever wow. done. And I, I didn't even know, you know, it was never my intention. It just like ended up doing that, you right. know, like spelling into that. Yeah. And then, so after, after that all happened, now you're doing the talk, obviously we were on dancing with the stars. How did that all start to transform into like, you know, bringing you these opportunities, not only just to share your story, but to actually provide like real work for you and your son. Cause now, you know, yeah. you're the main provider. Yeah, no. And, and, and it's so scary. Yeah. I have a, a, a new house that now, you know, Nick is not living in with us, uh, you know, a mortgage, a car payment and, wow. and a son and, you know, all of a sudden, and listen, I've always been like, I make my own money and I can take care of myself right. kind of girl. Like, and I've always pride, you know, been proud of that, but, um, it definitely, once you're, 
you know, once you're married and you, and you feel like you have a, a, that cushion, that person, it's hard to go back to now, shoot, it's all on you again. Right. Um, Nick passed. And I think a couple months went by and the casting uh, people at the talk said that they would love to come have me guest co-host. And um, they said to my manager, we actually want her to guest co-host 10 times. And it's to, you know, possibly replace you know, we have an open spot on the show. So um, here's the contract and and we'll let you know by November 30th if she has the job. And I think I guess co-hosted like around 15 times. And, you know, they they let me know on November 30th that I got the job. And like, literally like Olivia, that was, I mean, that was such a game changer. Yeah. Like, you know, on Broadway, it's never a set job. You never know how long your show is going to run. You think you're in the best show ever. The New York times gives you a review and you are closed next yep. week. Like you never have stability. So I never had stability in my entire life. Wow. Getting that phone call that day after losing my husband and like, you know, per ironically in a weird way, preparing myself for, for this job by, you know, being, a performer my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, it just felt like kismet and such a blessing. Like yeah. it was a huge weight off my shoulders. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I have, I have a job. I have insurance. I have health insurance for Elvis. And I, I have yes. a paycheck each week. I, I can afford things. I can put money away. It was like, Oh my God, it was such a blessing. Life changing. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely one of those things where it's like everything is happening for a reason. And the universe kind of like brought that into your life and was like, hey, you need this right now. Here you go. And you're still yeah. doing it. And it's amazing. And then you did Dancing with the Stars, which was also incredible to see. I know a lot of people listening have, you know, lost somebody they love or they've gone through something really tough, whether it's been through COVID or just life in general. And I'm just curious, like, because I remember at a really young age losing like my grandparents and things like that, that really hurt. But I haven't, I don't think knock on wood, but in like my life, I've really lost somebody that's like, you know, as an, as an adult and that really hit me hard. And how, how was that like grieving process or what would you tell somebody like going through something similar, how you kind of got the strength to keep going and to keep pushing through? You yeah. Know? Um, I would just say that it is a process that is your own you know, day one after losing Nick, I like, because I'm type A Googled, like how to deal with grief. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> the states, you know, there's a very, like these stages of grief and, you know, the experts say that you're going to feel this week one and feel this week two. And, um, and what I learned is that none of that worked for me, actually, mm -hmm. like, you know, you, you have to, it's this roller coaster and you unfortunately are in the car with the seatbelt on and you have no idea when you're going up, down and all around. And it never ends. Like this roller coaster just doesn't end. Um, and you have awesome highs and you have really low lows and they can last two seconds. Like a roller coaster does. Um, things I did right away just to help myself. First of all, like Obviously I love fitness, but like working out every day just made me feel better. Mm -hmm. Like the minute I put headphones on or turn music on and move my body, oxygen's flowing, the blood's flowing. What was on my mind is now off my mind and it makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I did the first two weeks after he passed, which I do think really helped is I 
every day just said it to myself, I'm going to do one thing today that makes me happy. If I cry the rest of the day, that's fine. But for the one, one thing a day is going to make me happy. So like I went for a walk. I mean, I know that sounds dumb, but like went for a walk in my old neighborhood because I was at home in Ohio and like I baked a cake one day. Like, I mean, like anything, watched a Hallmark movie one day. Like, I mean, it was one thing that I knew would make me happy that day. Um, just to get me through the day, because you literally feel like, especially in the beginning, you feel like an astronaut in space. You know, that, like that awesome image of the astronaut, like in his suit. And he's just like floating like this, looking down at earth. Yes. That is what grief feels like. You feel like you're in this bubble and no one can hear you and no one can like, and people are talking at you, but nothing's making sense. And you're just like looking down at every, everyone else living their life. And you don't even feel like connected to them, them, the life, your life, the world. So it's just, um, how long did that feeling last? Oh God. I hate to say that it lasted a good, like solid, like a month and a half, two months. It's like, I think that's like the hardest stage to try to get through is that like, you just feel so removed. Yeah. You feel like, um, and this is the other thing that really helped me. You really do feel like no one else understands how you feel. Yeah. And so in that moment, what you have to do or what you can do to help yourself is find other people. I've connected so much with other widows and widowers Mm -hmm. and hearing their stories helps me because, you, they start talking and you're like, Oh my God, you know, exactly how I feel. You, Mm. you also, you know, this feeling, you know, what this loss is like. And so then it makes you, it makes you feel less alone. Totally. Yeah. I feel like through any like hard situation like that, like I can relate a totally different situation, but I can relate Mm -hmm. to like, just going through something and feeling like, okay, nobody actually understands like what I feel inside right now, except like my sister who's going through it with me or somebody that just like, you know, really gets it. Who was like your biggest support or like, who'd you lean on the most? Like parents? I feel like I'd probably lean on my mom and dad. Yes. My mom and dad were huge. My brother and my sisters Mm -hmm. were huge. And then ironically, and um, this happened when I went through a divorce too, because I don't know if you know that I was married before. I did not know that. I've had 20,000 lives. (laughs) Um, uh, That it's ironically surprising when you go through hard times and maybe you felt like this too. There's people that you didn't even have in your life before this hard time that enter in and become your go-to person that help you through it. And your best friend since age five, not to say that they haven't supported you or been there, or they aren't also a listening ear, right? but they, it's like these weird people that come out of the woodworks that end up being that support system. So, yeah. it, you know, ironically people that were like brand new in my life. Was that your ex-husband to you? No, he wasn't, but, um, not, he, we have a very nice relationship now, but, um, the same thing with going through a divorce, I heavily leaned on my mom and my dad for support with that. But Mm -hmm. like, ironically, when I went through that divorce, it was like people who were brand new in my life helped me get through that more so than people that had been my best friends at the time. Right. It's just weird. And I think it's also like such a beautiful thing too. Like, obviously I've seen like little Elvis around and he's 
freaking precious. Like you guys, <laughs> you don't you. understand. Her son is so cute. Did he <laughs> did he understand that you were on Dancing with the Stars or that you have this amazing upcoming feature on their tour? You guys, Amanda's <laughs> going on tour with Dancing with the Stars. We'll get to that. Tour. But <laughs> um he he did. He, he didn't at first, Olivia. At first, I would be like, um, do you want to watch Mama Dance? And he'd go trash trucks. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he started understanding it and he would ask for it and he would say Mama Dance. And then towards the end, um, he kept going, Mama goes to work at Dancing with the Stars. And I was like, yes, I am. And then he went after the show and then he kept saying, Mama goes to work at Dancing with the Stars. And I was like, not anymore. No, don't <laughs> remind me. Be quiet. <laughs> it's over. How excited are you for tour? I am. I'm so excited. First of all, I'll be celebrating my 40th birthday with the cast. They are going to throw down for you. <laughs> <laughs> they better. They I said, better. I'll pay for it. Just throw down with me. Um, I, uh, I, and honestly, what better way to like ring in a whole new decade than dancing? And, um, you know, you know how much joy it brings to yeah. dance. So I'm super excited. It really did also help with like the crash of the finale to know mm -hmm. that like, I will be dancing with Alan again. I yes. will be dancing again. I'll be dancing with these people again. So it really did help. I'm super, super, super excited. And I feel like I've toured the country three different times. I don't, need to do another like three months to work. Right. So like just this sweet, like two weeks is like perfect. And I'm it's so still going to be so much work though. Like even though yeah, it's just two weeks, I already know Alan's going to be in the studio with you morning tonight, making sure this is perfection. I know. I literally just asked him yesterday. I was like, do we need to like refresh some things before you leave for yeah. tour? Because then I don't see you till like the day before I start. I was like, I might want to like we might need to Brush get into up. the rehearsal room and just like go over these three dances. 100%. He's like, but you know them. I was like, but I also know you and you're not going to be happy with my refreshing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Are you guys doing some of the dances you did on the show? Yeah, we're going to oh, do. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, we do three of three of them. Yes. Oh my gosh. Where is the tour? Um, the tour is, the tour is, uh, I join in Costa Mesa. It goes to like Santa Rosa, San Jose, I think. And then like Seattle, Boise, Salt Lake city. So pretty much stays on this West coast right. and then does like the California coast, um, in the meantime. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. 
I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What are, like, some of the goals you have for, like, you know, the new year, new fresh start, the whole thing? Do you have anything that, like, you're really trying to channel in 2022? You know, I will say that I love horoscopes. And what sign are you? I'm a Libra. Oh, you just you just had your birthday. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a Pisces. And for any Pisces that are listening, this is our emerald year, guys. Oh, what does that means- mean? Yes, this is a big deal. It means that this is your year. Like everything amazing is happening to us this year. And specifically, 
the months of February and March. My birthday is March 19th. Um, it's a big deal. It means like you find the love of your life. You get your amazing job, like career explosive, like think professionally life, everything explodes. It's your emerald year. So that's all I will say, Olivia. I am wow. giving it up to my emerald year. <laughs> I, I am going buy myself an emerald thing. necklace. You should. <laughs> You should just really channel it. I'm only wearing green. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So what is that? Is that just like supposed to be? Because I don't really know much about horoscopes, um, which my sister would be very disappointed to hear because she's super into all of that stuff. Okay. Emerald year just means that like it's supposed to be positive in a certain amount of time. Like yes, in those we months. all get them. We all every when every is a Libra? I could use mine. I don't know. You have to look it up. <laughs> just Last uh, 2021 was Aquarius's. So now it is the, it's Pisces. Um, just honestly, just look it up. I will. You'll be riveted. You'll be riveted. It's very fun. <laughs> I, I need to get into this. Like I really do. I think it's so fascinating too, because I am a huge believer in like the universe and manifestation and stuff like that. But I just, I feel like also, you know, what's been really weird that's been happening to me lately. I'll think of somebody so much to a point where like I'll run into them or like I'll get a text Is that from why you that. Into me? You were yeah, I was me. thinking, guys, I ran into Amanda last week. We were both going to a little shopping event. And it's because I was thinking about her every single day. She was like, I really want Amanda on my podcast. Really Amanda, 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 Amanda. That, and now I got it. I got what I wanted. What was like the biggest, I guess, just going back a little bit with Alan, what was like the biggest or best memory you guys made together? I don't even know if I could answer that if somebody asked me what mine was, but yeah, here I am. You know, I think it was, um, I'm pretty sure he would say the same, but I think it was, um, you know, that week of, of the, the dance for live your life because, mm -hmm. you know, we emotionally, I mean, I was pretty much crying every day. I think he, uh, you know, and I, I sat down with him, Olivia and gave him like the full story. He didn't really know it. I showed him pictures and things that no one has ever seen yeah. except for my family. I think, um, you know, we had to kind of go to that place. And I think that it just really solidified um, a lot, a, a bit, you know, just like took everything to like a much deeper level with our relationship and our mm. friendship. So um, I think that that's definitely, yeah, yeah the memory, the biggest standout moment. And yeah. what is upcoming besides Dancing with the Stars tour? And then I'll let you go because I know you're a busy <laughs> ass woman boss. I have but... another interview. Um, uh, what's up and coming? I am working on a children's book. I'm what? excited about that. Yes. Um, and uh, some other things that I can't talk about. But um, yeah, the Dancing with the Stars tour and uh, my children's book. And then honestly, just so happy to still be you know, every day doing the talk and, yes. and working with this amazing group of people here at the talk. It's been so fun. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on, you guys. Make sure to follow Amanda on Instagram. Keep up with her. Follow her Thanks. journey on this tour and the talk and the children's book. She's got so much going on. And you just said there's stuff you can't even speak about, which means there's yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have to tune in and check it out. She's amazing. I love you. Thank you for coming love on. Love you. Bye, Miss you already. Bye. You too. Bye. -bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. The biggest thank you to Amanda for coming on. I love her so much. She is so inspiring to me. And if you guys have the chance to ever meet her or talk to her in person, I know you guys would all feel the same because her energy is just infectious. So 
big, big thank you to her for coming on. And make sure you guys tune in next week. You guys know the drill, weekly episodes, and we'll chat then. Peace. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.